welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Father Nicholas Mancini, a priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, and his six-part series on the life and legacy of Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. And now, Father Nicholas Mancini. And welcome, my dear friends, to this presentation on Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. We have been speaking about Archbishop Sheen, what it means to be a bishop. In his memoirs, entitled Treasure of Clay, Bishop Sheen writes the following, describing the further description of his title as a bishop. Let us consider the following. Considering further the title of bishop, there came another phase in my life, he writes, which was the appointment to the Diocese of Rochester as its bishop. This brought a joy that was unknown to me in the other work that I had done. Namely, it brought me close association with priests, particularly. Priesthood is the greatest fraternity in the world. You need no introduction to one another. There is nothing to live up to, nothing to live down. The mere fact that he is a priest means that he is our brother. Being made a bishop of a diocese binds one with the cords of grace and the cords of flesh to every priest. And in addition to the priest, one is bound to religious and laity. Nothing better symbolizes this than the fact that the name of bishop is mentioned every single day at Mass in the diocese. This is a blessing of which bishops hardly ever meditate upon, and yet it is one of the great spiritual rewards of being an ordinary. Among the priests one makes friends. I am not going to single out any one person, Sheen writes, but one makes friends. There is one, however, I do here have to mention. This was the one whom the Holy See named as our auxiliary, namely Bishop Hickey. It was a custom in our pastoral office. We changed the name from chancery to pastoral office, he notes here, to hold meeting of all the officials of the pastoral office every morning. He said, those of you who are successful in helping missions are also those who have to suffer much. Considering further the title of bishop, we come to this aspect. As we met every morning in the pastoral office to review the common problems presented to us, this was done in order to avoid individual action on the part of the bishop or to receive benefit of our corporate judgment of those who were closely associated with us. 
Among them all, Bishop Hickey stood out as a man of good counsel. If there was ever anyone who had good sense that was baptized by the gift of counsel, it was this good man. His calming sense of things and their value was of great help to me. Then there was my secretary, Father Hogan. Father Hogan, who had a sense of humor that was not canned, that is to say, made up of stories, it was a humor that always arose out of a situation. I remember there was an automobile merchant in Rochester who offered to loan me a car every year. At the end of the year, he would take back the one we had driven for the year and give us a new one. I said to him on the occasion of the second or third car, When the good Lord was on earth, he had to go around Jerusalem on a donkey. But it is my privilege to be driving a new car around the diocese. Father Hogan said, Yes, but you still have a donkey to drive you. On another occasion, I remember we went to Dansville. It was for the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, and there were four or five of us priests in the car. When we were driving, they got out and went into the rectory. The people of the parish surrounded the car, and I was obliged to remain there for a little while to talk with the good people. Finally, I left and went into the house. Immediately I went to the second floor to wash and prepare myself for the afternoon Mass. On the way down I met a man and I said, I wish to thank you for taking care of the rectory while the priests are in the church. Lo and behold, I was not in the rectory. I was at the neighbor's house. Another point of Bishop Sheen's sense of humor. Father Hogan said later on that they were going to put out a brass plaque in the bathroom of that home. On another occasion, it was not an incident of humor, but rather the guiding of our lives in providence. We had gone some distance to the southern part of the diocese and on the way back decided to visit several parishes and pastors. We found none of them at home. We then came to another city where we needed gas. While at the filling station, I met some children, and I asked them where I could buy them some ice cream. They told me that the ice cream was sold at the filling station. Well, about twenty or thirty children immediately appeared. We brought them ice cream cones and I took a walk with Father Hogan. One little girl said, Will you come and visit my sister? Yes. Where is she? She's dead. She is in the undertaker's parlor. Father Hogan and I went to the undertaker's, and there was a little girl aged seven. She looked alive and appeared as an angel. The weeping parents were there. The poor little girl had been killed in an automobile accident by a neighbor. The visit to this little girl resulted in four conversions 
and the restoration to the church of two other people. It might be interesting sometime to add up the history of the diocese, not in terms of churches that are built, for they are built by money of the people and their hard sacrifices, but by the spiritual good that is affected, though not effort, of our own through divine guidance. The Wall Street Journal and Time magazine, unknown to me, sent up individuals to Rochester to discover what was accomplished. The articles later appeared in the Wall Street Journal and Time magazine. But I would like to dwell upon a few failures, or rather things, that I would like to have done, but never accomplished. The Catholic press in our country has undergone many changes, It first began because the secular press printed no Catholic news. It was necessary, therefore, for the Church to have its own origin to complete information concerning the Church and a diocese in the country and throughout the world. The second stage began when the secular press began printing the more important Catholic news. This was a form of competition though not very keen. But it produced a new form of Catholic press, namely a tendency to criticize the Church from within. Even certain Catholic magazines began with no other purpose than that, to find out what was bad and what failed, and to hang out dirty linen on the line. I tried to establish a new kind of press, I thought it might be well to rent a page in the secular press. This would have covered the entire diocese of Rochester because one press controlled information communicated in the diocese. Sheen goes on here to describe, after two or three months, negotiating in secret with the secular press, it was finally decided that we would buy a page once a week. This page would be free of any editorial restrictions on the part of the secular press itself. Our aim was to print Catholic news in brief, somewhat in the fashion of national week lies like Time and Newsweek. Also, it was brought to divide some news into categories, like pontifical, national, diocesan, liturgical and catechetics, and morality, and so on. It was discovered that it would save us about $66,000 a year, give us a far wider circulation, and also enable us to carry on the work of apologetics. But when the plan was finally proposed, it was discovered that the Catholic press had a contract with a printing company with two or three years yet to run. So our new format for Catholic Press had to be abandoned. Another failure was the inability to establish chapels in supermarkets. I always noted, traveling throughout the diocese, that there were almost as many cars in front of large supermarkets as there were outside of a church on Sunday. 
Inasmuch as the laity gathered in such large quantities almost every day of the week, why not rent a small store in the supermarket area? In order that our Catholic people at least might visit the Blessed Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Go to confession if need be. And in order that non-Catholics might come and visit the Lord and receive an inspiration of grace. This too failed, not so much because of what want of cooperation, but rather because it was difficult to find places to rent in the supermarket areas. When we come back, we will take a final look at what it means to be a bishop as Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen describes in his book, Treasure of Clay. Back in a moment. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Growing up in Thailand, Anarek watched her friends marry and start families. But she says, my heart always wanted more. Today, she is a religious sister, reaching out to rescue girls from human trafficking and slavery. Sister Anarak's family now numbers in the thousands, taking in not only those girls she cares for, but also the families in the tribal villages. While we love and serve those in our own families, we are called as well to reach out, at least in prayer, to our brothers and sisters around the world. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family and mission. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio Presents. And now we're back as we conclude with this segment on Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen's reflection on what it means to be a bishop. As we bring in this last broadcast the image of a bishop by which Archbishop Sheen describes himself in the years that he worked in not only the Diocese of Rochester, but in the propagation of the faith, his radio and television, and his many other accomplishments, he goes on in his memoirs to describe the following. As I approached my 75th year, I knew I would have to resign, because this was the new law of Vatican Council II. I did not cherish the thought of receiving a letter someday telling me that since I had reached the age of retirement, that I should do so. I prepared for the day by going to Rome. I had a long audience with the Holy Father, Pope Paul VI. As soon as I went in to see him, I told him that my purpose was ask his permission to resign the Diocese of Rochester because I had reached the age of 75. 
he did not say a word, but went on to another subject. About eight minutes later, I brought up the subject again. I said, Your Holiness, since I have reached the age of retirement, may I have your permission to resign the Diocese of Rochester? He took up another subject. Five minutes later, I again presented my question, and he went into another subject. Finally, after thirty minutes, knowing that I would not have much more time, I said, Your Holiness, you have not answered my question. May I resign the Diocese of Rochester since I have reached the age of seventy-five? He then said, When would you like to resign? I said, September 20th, because that was the date of my ordination. He then wrote on a pad, September 20th. And he put a question mark. I said, Your Holiness, why the question mark? He said, It is only a question mark about a date. As a matter of fact, it was about two months after that date that the resignation was accepted, and I resigned as Bishop of the Diocese of Rochester. These reflections on what some would call the subject of retirement, I do not like that title, retire. I have not retired I have retreaded. That means I have just taken on another kind of work. I believe that we spend our last days or we die very much the way that we lived. If we have lived with ease, taking our rest, never exerting ourselves, then we have a long petering out of our days. If, however, we live intensely, I believe that somehow or other we can work up until the day God draws that line and says, Now it is finished. Retirement has many advantages. Above all, it enables one to make the soul pure before the eyes of God, reflecting back on our life. This is particularly true when we enjoy the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Almost every free moment can be spent with Him as a kind of a rehearsal for the kingdom of heaven. He writes, Since leaving the Diocese of Rochester, I have lived in a three-room apartment. One room is a bedroom, the other is a chapel, the other is a study. I have a very small kitchen. For the first five years of my retreading, I did all the housework, making the bed, sweeping and cooking. Though I say that with some hesitation, I have cooked a little. I detest cooking. I was on a cooking show once with Dinah Shore. I said to her, With what do you cook? gas or electric? She said, I cook with gas. 
I said, I cook with electric and get gas. Another one of Sheen's sense of humor. But to be retreaded means that I have done much more. I have done some traveling, visiting churches, giving talks, also giving priests retreats, which I love to do. The glory of my ministry and my priesthood and my days as a bishop certainly reflect the glory of what Jesus said to his apostles. Love one another as I have loved you is the reflection of loving all in Christ Jesus. It is to be a servant to his people. It is to bring the glory of the message of faith to the children of God and to bring his love through the grace of the sacraments, Holy Mass, forgiving of sins, the anointing of sick, and to hear the sweetness of a baby's cry in the sacrament of baptism. Yes, my ministry as priest and bishop is the fulfillment of the glory of God. And when that final day came of his life on earth, where did they find him? They found him before the blessed sacrament in the chapel that he so much loved, in the presence of his Lord. It is finished. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now the joy of your Lord. The remarkable life of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen is truly a testament of love, of service, of faith, of giving, and of joy. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, cause for canonization is underway. And we pray and we ask our Lord that this servant of God will one day be elevated to the altar and be called saint, for it truly lies here, the good work of a remarkable man, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. To learn more about Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, I invite you to stop in at St. Raphael's Book Center on Fulton Drive in Canton, Ohio. There you can purchase some of his books his tapes now on DVDs and learn more about this remarkable man who meant so much to so many people whom we call the servant of God, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Bye for now and God be with you.
We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on compact disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.